Hello, everyone, and welcome to Long Story Short, a podcast where we review two-sided topics on the minds of college students and condense them into informative, civil, 30 minutes or less in order to create wider campus discussions. Our stories presents Long Story Short. This week's episode, COVID and mental health. The ongoing pandemic is something all of us have dealt with for almost two years now, and everyone's mental health has taken a hit. This episode, we will explore how the pandemic has affected people's emotional well-being, as well as what the everyday lives of college students look like in this new normal. Lauren Weitzman is a director of the University Counseling Center, where she has been affiliated since 1997. Lauren received her BS degree in psychology from the University of Utah and her PhD in counseling psychology from the University of Illinois. Urbana Champagne. We she has a very cool um, corn mug, corn on the cob mug. So we were talking about that earlier. It's from Illinois. A student psychologist, Lauren works closely with issues related to college student mental health, with a particular focus on using mindfulness-based approaches to depression, anxiety, and work-life integration. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm glad to hear that. Um, before we get into the questions, just reading over your bio here. What is the most important factor when it comes to work-life integration? Oh, no, you're asking the million-dollar question, <laughs> especially in these days. Um, boy, the most important factor, I don't know if I can give you one, but I think, um, first of all, it's important to have a sense of what you want to accomplish in both your work and other life roles. And then it's important to be realistic about what you can accomplish, I think, Many of us often set pretty high bars for ourselves um, in terms of expectations for productivity, um, grades that we get, that kind of thing. But I really believe that you cannot do it all. And so something has to give. So some of the things that are helpful is just, I don't know, having conversations with the people in your life about where they may be able to help you out or pick up things like grocery shopping um, kind of relaxing our expectations is going to be important. And I think we'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, yeah, so maybe just recognizing you can't do it all at once. And it just is a burnout if we try. And then it's going to change over time, right? So as you get finish college, get into a relationship, perhaps have children, like that really changes things. So I think it's important just to be thoughtful about it and, and maybe I keep coming back to that word realistic. Mm -hmm. Be realistic with your expectations and how much you can accomplish in your waking hours. And I'm sure the pandemic has affected that a lot, right? Oh, what we can accomplish true. in 12 to 16 hours is very much changed because of the access we have to people and other things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then kind of living over in the virtual landscape and looking into computer cameras all day if you're doing things over Zoom. I think for sure. And then with the pandemic, the most important thing for me to remember is, for us to remember is, it's like this chronic stress that we're dealing with all the time and we don't always understand the impact that it has. So I think in many ways it kind of depletes our resources and we just are more susceptible to stress and burnout. And people are making it different 
um, choices in their work lives right now, which I find really interesting. Well, that's the great resignation, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, yeah, and actually, I heard a great on um, Planet Money on NPR had a story where they were actually calling it the Great Renegotiation, mm. which I really liked because it was kind of talking about how employees are able to renegotiate kind of their work lives with their employers and. Yeah, and we're seeing that certainly here at the Counseling Center in Student Affairs. Yeah, people are just setting different priorities. Mm -hmm. And would you say that the priorities of students has also changed over the last, let's say, five years from pre-pandemic to now? Yeah, that's a really good question. You may have a little better insight, but from my vantage point, you know, I think so. I mean, again, I think it is like, how do I prioritize um, perhaps like my well-being differently. I think what's been particularly hard for students and everybody really is that social isolation um, and especially, you know, during quarantine. So yeah, it may make like, you know, things feel more important like connecting with others. And then, I don't know, I think similarly, I'd be curious to see if students are like making different career choices or thinking about kind of their schooling a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, jumping into the questions here, how do you how have you seen social supports changing during the pandemic? Yeah, that is a very good question. You know, remember in the very beginning when they were calling it like physical social distancing, right? Like we've gotten really used to that term. And then there was a period where we tried to call it physical distancing because I think the social distancing felt like we were like distancing in a social way, right? But really, we have to keep you know like the six feet apart. Um, So I think we have to work a little bit harder. I mean, it's also interesting to reflect on like the bubble thing that happened where people kind of created their own kind of social networks and you kind of lived within that. And I think that could be a good thing as long as that was working well, but clearly people were more isolated. I don't know. I think people got creative. I imagine I'm not a big social media (laughs) user given my age, but, you know, kind of reaching out kind of virtually. I know like in my family lives in Los Angeles and we were able to celebrate holidays together, like over Zoom in a way that we never would have done before. So that was like part of the silver lining to stay connected. So it just opened up those opportunities as well. When the first lockdown happened back in March 2020, which feels like it was 20 years ago, Um, How are you able to handle this isolation and regulations we were talking about? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, one, work took a lot of energy at first because at the counseling center, we, you know, within a couple of weeks time had to like completely change how we did business. Right. So we had to get everything set up so we could do virtual counseling appointments. I was pretty stressed for sure, as was everybody. And about a weekend, I realized, like, wait a minute, like, I haven't even done my workouts or, you know, I just need to, like, take a step back. So for me, um, you know, I'm fortunate where my house is in a beautiful area. I have a great view of the valley. So, you know, I could just kind of enjoy being at home as well. But I got more, like, regimented around my routine. And I think that's something we recommend a lot. So I needed to first take care of myself. Um, and that included like getting back to my morning jazzercise. I'm a jazzerciser. And I started taking like walks in the afternoon. You know, it's just me and my husband at home. Our son, who's 26, lives in Denver. You know, we certainly had conversations and we tried to stay connected there. And, you know, we stayed connected with our friends. But again, it was an adjustment because we weren't able to kind of be in the same space. Mm-hmm. 
I remember when it first started, since there's still such a lack of information, um, I live with my parents and we wouldn't even hug each other or come close to each other because my mother's vulnerable. Um, she's part of the vulnerable population. And we were just so afraid. Yeah. I remember. That was yeah, and that's tough too. Our son was very worried about us, mm-hmm. you know, being older parents and um, exactly. And not to have like that physical touch and contact. Yeah, is, yeah. That's, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, you can say that. Um, how was your mental health affected by the mask mandate from 2019 to 2022? Has it socially impacted your experience with people? You know, me personally, I've adjusted to it. And, it, you know, it's funny. I don't really think about it. Experience. You know, although, as I'm saying that, I realize, like, we've thought about it a lot, like, in the counseling space, right? Because when you have your mask on, you're kind of not able to see part of, maybe there's the eyes and the, what do they call that, the smiles or what, whatever that <laughs> smile in the eyes. And that's cool, but, you know, you're missing a lot. Um, so I guess that's maybe one of the upsides of Zoom is you can actually see the full face. But, you know, it's it just felt weird at first to go to the grocery store. And, you know, it's been a big adjustment, although now it's just become more habit for me personally. You know, I've seen uh, like the, the babies born during the pandemic, and I know they have time with their parents. And, you know, there's a lot that happens like psychologically and attachment wise when you're like bonding with your child. And I wondered what it's like for them to kind of be in this world where they only see like half person's face yeah yeah yeah. no i have a nephew who is four right now so a couple years ago he would have been two so right as he was barely becoming conscious um yeah he's only ever really seen other people's top of their face his kindergarten teacher or his preschool teacher everybody out of safety right but what the funny part is he doesn't seem very affected by it he he doesn't know what he's lost right Mm -hmm. he's just used to always having a mask yeah um, so it's almost those kids that are a little older, I think, are the ones that because they knew what it was like before. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Because like you said, he just kind of came into his own awareness and that was what was normal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, kind of trying to look at the silver lining, right? Every cloud has a silver lining. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any positive thing that happened to you or has been has it been mostly negative or neutral outlook during this? Yeah, no, I think what I mentioned before about different ways to connect with family over Mm -hmm. holidays like that, I think is really positive. And I'm very close with my aunt who lives in California, and she's actually a social worker. So she was kind of one of my role models. And we've, you know, just had kind of Zoom kind of Sunday mornings. And, you know, I think it's a it's with my son who lives in Denver and his girlfriend, like we have gotten into a regular habit too of just kind of hanging out on FaceTime and sharing that way. And then I think you just like appreciate your relationships more. So when we got vaccines and we were able to get back in touch with people, I mean, wow, it was like amazing. I did go to my first concert last summer and just the joy in the space um, outdoor, had to show your vaccine card, but like just to reconnect with people in big spaces. You know, I mentioned I do jazzercise, which is a form of dance aerobics, and I really miss going to the studio. Um, and what really surprised me, they have like an online format, is I really started enjoying that because I used to go to a 6 a.m. class. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever be able to do that. <laughs> so now I can have an extra cup of tea in the morning and then work out and not have to commute. I live close enough where it's an easy bus ride, but I do think there was something about how life got a little simpler. Mm-hmm. That was positive. Yeah, me. positive outlook. 
um kind of losing access to everything makes you more appreciative of everything that you do have right mm-hmm. like you said with the concert once you're able to have those yeah, y- yeah you just take in the moment more um realizing how vulnerable or fragile everything is exactly. i guess yeah. yeah we can't take it for granted anymore. exactly yeah um what are some trends you've seen in the support students have needed over the last few years from the counseling center yeah, I mean, certainly um, d- during the initial phase, it felt a little quieter. I mean, I think people needed um, to connect in, but I think people were more um, like trying to just attend to basic needs, and many students went home, and if they were in different states. But, you know, I think just a lot of reassurance that we are going through something pretty big here, and yes, it's going to increase stress and anxiety. But I've really seen that kind of grow over time. And then this year, when people kind of came back more on campus, like our numbers really increased. And I think, again, it's that like long-term kind of grueling nature of it. And like the social isolation started feeling harder. I think in the quarantine days, right, like that was where the social isolation was the most. And then it's like adjusting to the quote-unquote new normal, which, you know, who knows? I think we're going to have to get... a far ways away from this to really understand kind of what we're living through it's pretty significant Mm -hmm. so I think just a space to kind of you know talk about the impact certainly a lot of students you know worried for their own health certainly for their family's health like that's been really big Um, we put together some workshops like at the very beginning it was called coping with COVID chaos which we thought would be a way for people just to come together and kind of get support as they're navigating it And then, like, back to the productivity and, like, performance in classes, that was really hard for a lot of people, like, having to adjust to online classes, some students more easily than others, but for many, it just hasn't been easy. And then, of course, you have, like, the freshmen who started, and now this new freshmen, and who are, you know, sophomores, and like you were saying, it's like people didn't have the college experience that they were really looking forward to. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. So it's been interesting as people have been coming back, but yet then we're all of a sudden in this other space of the pandemic that I think is even harder in a way because we thought we were going to be done with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely fall into that category of students that didn't get the college experience. So I'm in my third year. Um, the pandemic started spring break of my freshman year. So I've been through six semesters so far. Five of them have been impacted by COVID. To the point where I've just kind of accepted that college experience mm-hmm. isn't going to be something that I get to experience, and I'm graduating early because of that. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so a lot of students have had different ways yeah. to deal with it, I think. Yeah, and when you mentioned that, it reminds me that I think another piece is just the loss mm-hmm. and the recognition. I mean, you sound like you're kind of making your peace with that, which is really important if you can do that. But like the seniors that year who couldn't have the graduation ceremony. So, yeah, it's like how do we hold this new reality, but also it's okay to like grieve the losses of it a little bit. What would you say are some tips or some advice for people that are struggling to get through the grueling factor of it, right? Yeah. Like you said, we thought we would be out of it um, last summer, but then Delta and now Omicron. And it seems like it's just, it's not going to be a thing that goes away anytime soon. So what tips do you have for people yeah. to try to push through the grueling factor of it? Yeah, so I said before, like at the beginning of the pandemic, I think the importance of still keeping to some semblance of a routine. I mean, we advise that all the time, even before the pandemic, but just having kind of some structure, right, that just allows you to get through day by day. 
Um, I always recommend including, you know, physical activity and exercise because that's like those wonderful things for people's moods. Would you say jazzercise would help? Oh, jazzercise <laughs> would definitely help. If anybody wants to learn more about it, get in touch with me. It's a little old school, but there are younger people who are doing it. Um, but, you know, the, I don't know, you said push through. And I think maybe it's like we can't push through. Like, I think we have to sort of just be in it. You know, we have a mindfulness center here at the counseling center and I, and I personally practice meditation. And I think that the ideas of mindfulness of kind of being more in the present moment and trying to like find a way to be more accepting in a non-judgmental way. Like, yeah, maybe I'm not going to get the kind of grades that I thought I would. And, you know, really in the bigger scheme of things, that's okay. Like getting a degree, graduating early, like congratulations, like that's a big accomplishment. So, you know, I think it's just trying to find yeah, that acceptance, you know, practice of gratitude, which is not easy and sometimes feels like a little Pollyanna-ish, but sometimes just the simple practice of like thinking about one or two things that you feel grateful for every day. I mean, that really helps as well. Um, and staying connected to each other, you know, in the ways that we can. And maybe, you know, your generation, so to speak, has the benefit of having the ability to connect differently. Um, kind of virtually and I do think there's nothing like the in-person and then you know one of the things that I've loved just made me think of it of like zoom is you see people's cats kind of go by or their dogs rolling on their backs in the background and so like connecting with our pets and our family and trying to get outside when we can I mean we're very fortunate to be here in Salt Lake City except on the really bad air days but we have you know access just to kind of being able to have a perspective that's like bigger than we are yeah that's a lot of tips and advice so thank you I appreciate that um I think I speak for myself and also my I'm just gonna throw my in here too <laughs> it's been it's been tough right it's been tough trying to get the college experience during this experience Absolutely. um college is tough and not just because of the academic sense but you're also learning. I don't consider myself an adult, but you're learning to be an adult, right? You're yeah, kind of. You're, getting, you're in the last stage. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. playing to learn how to be an adult. And a lot of that mm -hmm. is hard to navigate as is. Exactly. And then, like we said, you throw in the additional restrictions and complexities of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and that gets a lot harder, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it will be really interesting, like, you, you know, when you are able to, like, look back, like, how did this time kind of shape me, right? No, for sure. I mean, I have so much like um, appreciation and admiration because, yeah, you're like trying, you're getting through it. We all are. It's not easy, but somehow I do believe we learn new things about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what would you say something that you learned about yourself? Well, that's a good question. I, you know, I guess I've always known that I'm fairly resilient and, you know, I can put one foot in front of the other. Um, and that, you know, I have probably been more stressed over the last couple of years than I ever have. And that somehow I can, again, find like those moments of um, you know, gratitude or, you know, just kind of getting outside of myself a little bit and looking around and enjoying, again, the people in my life and kind of what's more important. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but I think it's important. Okay. I think it is important. <laughs> You're not perfect with this, right? You're not perfect with your gratitude or your mindfulness or your meditation. Yeah. There's times when you struggle with it. That is not putting on me on the spot. I'm glad you asked that question, right? Like, I am human. No, I am so not perfect. And I think that's another practice of mindfulness, right, is some self-compassion 
and recognition that, you know, we're going to make mistakes. I actually made one yesterday in a scheduling thing at work. And it's like, okay, I'm a human being. But again, when we're like living inside this new pandemic and it's like taking things from us that we don't even know it's taking. Yeah, I'm not going to function as well. I mean, it's like having to shift those expectations, like downshift those again. No, and that's the thing I think that's important for everybody to recognize. Like we're, you know, I, I call it the before times. Like we're just not going to be on some levels the same, have the same abilities to make everything happen. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad you asked that. Question. Oh, yeah. I just say that because I think our culture can be very type A in that we have to be the best. We have to be the most mindful, the most meditative, the most exactly. everything. And that is also kind of yeah. productive to what those practices are trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. Like when I was saying before, like, I don't think you can do it all. And I think, you know, and, and some, we just have these myths that if I was you know, super organized or efficient or, and it's just, it sets us up for not accomplishing that. And then we feel even crummier. Mm -hmm. So having more realistic expectations helps. Um. So thank you so much for your time. This has been an awesome conversation. I hope some people take something out of it. I know I did. Um, and just giving you the space here, is there anything you want to mention, shout out, or give spotlight to? Um, let's see. I mean, I appreciated the time as well. It's actually really um, rewarding to talk with you, a fellow human being, about <laughs> the impact of the pandemic, right? And for me, like when I think about what we offer at the counseling center, I mean, sometimes it's as simple as that, right? It's just having a space to talk to somebody and have that feel of like, wow, we've had this shared experience and, you know, maybe I'm really going to be okay, kind of holding a little bit of hope that we're going to get through this. So I'm always in awe of like the human spirit. And I also know there's been a lot that's been bringing us down, you know, not just the pandemic, we're living through some pretty tough times. So just sending out my admiration to everybody who's kind of taking it day to day and glad that we're here at the University of Utah together. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Hey, long story short, listeners, we're looking for people to fill positions this next semester. If you're interested in being a writer, podcast panelist, or interviewer for our team, please apply on the U Student Media website. We'll link it to our show notes. Hey, everyone. Today we're having a conversation about COVID and mental health and we're the experts ourselves um, because we have lived experiences about the situation. We're going to go around the table, everybody introducing themselves, names, majors, pronouns, and favorite color. I'm Jorge Jimenez. I'm a poli-sci major, third year, orange, he, him, and his. All right. That was a really weird order, but uh, I'm Maya Harris. I use they, them pronouns studying history, teaching, and political science, uh, and my favorite color is yellow. Hi, I'm Ben Moore. I'm a poli-sci and peace and conflict studies major. I use he, him, his pronouns, and my favorite color is my soul, which is black. Wow, that <laughs> okay. was beautiful. Hi, I am Riley Atkinson. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a peace and conflict studies and sociology majors, and this is my third year. I guess I've been debating blue or green lately. It's always been blue, but I'm leaning towards green. You know, that's how I was with yellow, right? Because blue, blue was always blue my favorite green, color. Blue and green, blue that's and green. not how that song goes. Uh, is that not how it goes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Sounds good. So let's get started. How has everybody felt that their mental health has been affected by COVID? 
(laughs) (laughs) I started seeing a therapist. So, you know, if that indicates anything. Bravo. (laughs) I should be seeing a therapist. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's not like I, I... I definitely should have been seeing a therapist before the pandemic, but like, you know, it just escalated things as it happens. I definitely think my mental health has deteriorated because of COVID, but it has also (laughs) been improved because I finally took this time to go see a therapist like Maya. So I've been trying to find healthier solutions, which has I guess, in the end, balance things out to the normal level that they were before. (laughs) Yeah, man. My mental health was shot in the pandemic, continues to be. But, you know, it's better than it was. We can say that, I think. Better than summer 2020. Yeah. (laughs) That was rough. (laughs) For me, I think the hardest part, as everybody else, was the... um, initial shutdown and quarantine back in March of 2020. That was pretty tough. Um, But I think right now is also pretty hard uh, just because it's so grueling. Mm -hmm. A lot of us, or at least myself, had hopes that things would be pretty wrapped up nice and neatly. I know it sounds optimistic now, a little naive. Um, By the summer, things were looking really on the positive. But the fact that it's still continuing to be a grueling, ongoing situation um, has definitely impacted my mental health. How has everybody's ability to do the whole school thing been impacted by COVID and uh, yeah. lowered mental health? I mean, I was here on a an academic-based scholarship and I lost it because I was not performing in the way that was required by the scholarship. Um, and so like my grades tanked because trying to understand how online school worked and also being locked in my room all day, um, and like, I just wasn't doing good. (laughs) So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I lost, I lost a lot of my academic effort. I think these last couple of semesters. Yeah, for sure. My grades are, I mean, my grades are fine, but it's mostly, you know, everything else, like I haven't been on a date in three years, so you know, me, my grades are great. fine, but it's everything else. <laughs> um, for me, I know this semester of my five classes for my 15 credit hours, three of them were supposed to be in person. And now one of them is in person sometimes. And so that's been a shift for me mentally because I was so ready to meet new people and I was excited because I've done online and I've done fairly well throughout the whole thing. I've had a couple bumps, but overall I've stayed on track, but then I got optimistic about this semester and that has been kicking my butt. Mm. Never be an optimist. (laughs) So true, Benjamin. You know, we're going to think this summer, we think, oh, great. No more masks for the pan, for the uh, vaccinated, all those things, you know, we're going to be back to normal by the fall. And by this next summer, we were hoping we'd be, you know, just out of this, but now, nope, Delta wave, Omicron, we're not getting out of this anytime soon, it looks like. I mean, I just had a high school teacher pass away at the age of 57 from COVID complications a couple days ago. It's it's not going anywhere, which is so unfortunate. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't know what to do about it at this point because I just keep thinking like, okay, next semester will be better. Next year will be better. And then like I get there and it's the same. (laughs) And I'm still just like wading through mud to like try to get like some semblance of a social life. And it's just exhausting. I'm a survivor. <laughs> <laughs> the hard part too, there's a difficulty because we're like Maya, we're expected to perform at levels of pre-pandemic. And mm-hmm. that's honestly not realistic because not only are we facing the challenges we had beforehand, because uh, uh, I don't know if anybody else has experience. All just a little tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you add on top of that, the uh, COVID restrictions, like we talked about with Laura um lauren lauren my bad mm. and then you add in the fact that we have to navigate the covert complications like we spoke about with lauren and things are just becoming so exponentially harder and while we may lower our own expectations for ourselves and be compassionate with ourselves that doesn't mean that the people around us are going to be compassionate with us um we're still expected to perform at a level and professors still expect homework and mm, Professors, professors aren't necessarily the problem because it's their job. Yeah. Um, and I'd say it's more admins, but. I think that's absolutely 100% true. And something that really helped me when the pandemic started was when the U offered credit, no credit options. That really helped me float that first pandemic semester. And I really thought they would continue that as we saw this problem continue. Um, but I haven't seen as much output from the U as I would like to see. Um, I'd love to hear some of the resources that you all have used or some resources that we think that the university could be putting out um, to help us be more consistent. Um, One of the ones that I really have enjoyed and utilized is the Center for Disability Services and Access. They are phenomenal and you just give them a letter stating what your mental health crisis or disabilities are and they um, open up opportunities for you to turn in work late or to be absent from class occasionally mm-hmm. which otherwise you wouldn't be able to do um, my teachers don't care if I go to class <laughs> oh, I wish um, I I've used the counseling center. That's not to say that the counseling center doesn't have its problems in that they only offer 12 free sessions. Um, I think there's a lot more that they can be doing with that, mostly because folks such as myself don't necessarily want to share in a group. Um, that's kind of like I a lot of people can't handle group situations and especially sharing like dramatic events in group situations. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's it's certainly a resource and it's certainly been one that I have enjoyed using and have gotten a lot of use out of. But I think it's also something that can definitely be improved upon. Does anybody have any closing thoughts? <sighs> I mean, mindfulness, yes, but sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in my experience, like doing something you love for like two seconds, right? Like I, I do my Latin homework on a religious basis every day. Oh, (laughs) yes. And sometimes you just got to take a break and watch anime. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Switch up the languages. (laughs) (laughs) Just take two seconds, uh, even if you feel like you don't have time to do something that will, like, 
help you relax. It doesn't even have to be mindfulness. Watch a TV show. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's sure. very much the practice of filling your cup, doing things that you enjoy to give yourself positive energy. I don't, I don't like, I'm not one of those energy people. Respect to them, <laughs> but that's not me. Um, but doing things you enjoy and not feeling guilty about it. Um, for me, <laughs> it's my coffees during, throughout the day. Like That's my one time that it just disconnects from everything. Enjoy the thing that I'm doing, being present in the moment, and that it's able to keep me going for the rest of the day, mm-hmm. especially the fact that I'm getting caffeine into my system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd say structurally, I'd just ask the university, don't raise tuition or fees again yes. this year. Please, <laughs> please, please, <laughs> President Randall, don't do it. Please don't. None of us can afford it. <laughs> <sighs> I feel like I have so many closing thoughts, but... I know we said that other people won't be patient with you all of the time and it's hard to be patient with yourself, but try, try to be patient with yourself. Try to reach out to other people. A lot of professors are understanding right now. I know that they're burnt out as well. Um, And a lot of them are just happy to see your faces. I had a conversation with one of my awesome professors in gerontology and she and I just sat down and went over the canvas page and talked about life for a minute and it was really refreshing so take advantage of people who are willing to talk and help you out and with that I think we'll call it for today's session Mm -hmm. Uh, thank you so much for being here and we'll catch you on the next one see ya and that's been a long story made short. Thank you for listening. Long Story Short is an affiliate of Our Stories and University of Utah Student Media. And please make sure to list our social medias. Our Stories, O-U-R dot S-T-O-R one E-S on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and soon to be TikTok. And you'll also find our handles on the description of the podcast below. Thank you. Special thanks to Connor Nygaard and Parker Service for audio editing, Maya Harris and Riley Atkinson for the intro and cover graphics, and the University of Utah.